Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes have arrived at the Isle of Dread in the elemental plane of water. There they have found a small village named Elderwood, a beachside town filled with native turtles, as well as many generations of people who have been pulled through a portal and stranded there. After meeting the town welcoming committee and gathering some information about the island, Jonathan is recognized by a childhood friend. That's right. He hasn't seen in years. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. I have Blackberry Sage Tea because it was on sale and I'd run out a while ago and I've gotten over the idea of I can't buy more tea because I have too much tea because Blackberry Sage is one of my favorite teas and and it was on sale. And so now I have have hot tea in my giant D&D mug and it makes me happy. Carlton, what are you drinking? I've got the Dublin Brewing, uh, not Brewing, uh, Dublin Soda Works, uh, Cherry Limeade Craft Soda. And it is uh, pleasantly sweet. Pleasantly sweet and a very nice color. I was afraid it was going to be like sickeningly sweet, like Big Red is, which I was like, oh my God, it's like drinking fucking sugar. Wait, you don't like Big Red? No. Oh, I'm not I feel, a fan of Big Red either. Listen, if I, if I could drink it, if it weren't for the beaters, I'd totally have a Big Red. Oh my god, I love Big Red. So, I like, it's really big down here, and I actually worked on a Big Red commercial a couple years ago, and there was Big Red at, at Craft Services, so I was like, oh, finally I get to try it. Like, I've never had it before, people are always oh, like, Big no. Red, Big Red, Big Red. And I took one sip and went, the fuck are people on about? <laughs> <laughs> listen, my fandom of Big Red might explain why I can no longer have Big Red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, do- dove too deep into the pool of Big Red, eh? From the yeah. mouth of babes. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel a little better because I know you did not particularly care for cheer wine. And so the fact that it's not just my regional soda that you don't particularly care for. Well, cheer wine was a lot better than Big Red. <laughs> you know what? Feeling a lot better, actually. Cheer wine, I could like have a drink, like a, a glass of, but like Big Red, I wasn't like, I didn't even finish the bottle. I took like two sips and I'm like, no, this is, I'm going to fucking have a like diabetic coma after this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When your body reacts that way and you don't like drinking it, like that's, that's just the worst. You know, who's not the worst? Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of favor. Not the worst choice is once again, flying, <laughs> flying embers, hard kombucha. I wanted to visit this one um, now that I've actually had dinner and had some time to ruminate on it. So we're going to do yet another live tasting to see whether my opinion on this has changed. Here we go. I like this because I do feel when you try something that's always worth trying it twice so that the second time you know what to expect. Because often not knowing what to expect is enough to be like, oh, I'm put you off of something. So the finish is definitely still kind of hits you in the mouth with that bacteria. But my question (laughs) is, there's alcohol in here, too. So doesn't the alcohol kill the gut bacteria? I don't know. I I don't know whether there's any actual medicinal benefit to drinking hard kombucha or not. But I thought to myself, the work that they're doing to help first responders fight those fires is worth supporting. So cheers to you guys. That's 100% true. Someone someone come on our Instagram and I'll post the picture. Or I think I've already posted the hard booch. Uh, no, I have not posted the hard booch. I, there's going to be a picture of hard kombucha. 
on our Instagram, on the gram. On the grams. On the grams. On the gram. And you are going to tell you someone who knows things about these things. Tell us, does the alcohol cancel out the gut bacteria? Is that what it is? I don't know. I'll just put a please generally explain alcoholic kombucha and how it works. How do kombucha? How does, because alcohol in theory is the reaction uh, there there is bacteria involved in the creation of alcohol because it's just simply con- a version of controlled rot yep but we also know that alcohol the high i wonder if it's just that the the um it's a low apv it's yeah. low enough well yeah. actually it's uh 4.5 so that's not too too bad it says live probiotics on the can itself i don't know if the fda controls that so much or whether it applies to alcohol <laughs> in the United or States. Not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they don't sell a snake oil, so you can't sell actual snake oil anymore. At least I don't think you There's can. There's a man trying to sell you oleander that is, that's a whole nother podcast. No, before we go into that whole other podcast, Bernie, what are you drinking? I also have a hybrid-ish drink. It is from Collective Arts Brewery, and it is their Earl Grey wheat beer, and it's a oh. special seasonal batch, and it's brewed with black tea, cornflower petals, bergamot, and coriander. And it's that sounds amazing. And it's fall. And if I like it, I'm going to buy a million things of this. And I'm just very, very excited. We're all excited about this. Everything that you've explained about this sounds delicious, but... You know, the like, really... I think I've mentioned this before. Like, when... So there's some, some days when breweries have, like, this really intense hoppy smell, depending on what they're brewing. But sometimes breweries have this wonderful, bready, yeasty smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That smells like that. I'm going to die. It's... See, now I just want to go to a fucking bakery. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. smooth. It's like- How smooth is it? Everything <laughs> a wheat beer should be. Mm. It's like, if I was a beer, I would be this beer. It's it's me and a beer. I don't know. I, you're pretty fiery, and, and you're talking about that being smooth. No, it's mm. just like, it's all the things <laughs> I love, though, in a beer. Oh, that that totally makes sense. Yeah, so I think that like now I'm going to compare smooth beers to smooth music, like uh, Kenny Loggins and uh, Michael McDonald. I mean, Kenny Loggins pre uh, what do you call it? Top Gun. Yeah, pre Top Gun, <laughs> pre uh, pre Danger Zone, pre Caddyshack, and then ah, I'm going to compare like... hoppy beers to Hollow Notes. Okay, all right. I, like I mean, I can I can follow that train of thought. Sure. Julia, yeah. how'd that go for you? <laughs> uh, the foam is a little foamy. I got a little over-enthusiastic in my pour. It's fine. But it didn't spill. It did not spill. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight I have an old favorite, a bottle rocket. I put hey. a bunch of shots of Fireball into this and a little bit of cola, and it's quite delicious. It is really, really good. And I needed it because we're getting to this week's Shot of Fireball, which I consume when I cast spells of third level or higher, uh, particularly Fireballs. But this uh, this particular shot is for uh, truly an American legend, uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who we lost over the weekend. Uh, may her memory be a blessing. And I, it's, it's going to be rough, but we, we've got work to do. But thank you for getting us here, uh, Justice Ginsburg. And her memory is a blessing. And thank you. And there is no adequate transition from that, but um, I appreciate that Jonathan went last on that because I I didn't want to try to go to another drink after that. I thought that was super appropriate. So we will just transition gently into an old family friend reunion. 
Where last we left our heroes, as explained in the the recap, you are currently enjoying the cooler evening air in the Isle of Dread, having arrived after a kind of a raucous journey into the plain of water you've been introduced to the town and a couple people you were being led to some temporary quarters as everybody's kind of treating you as though you are one of the people who have been stranded here pulled through a portal and dropped into the isle of dread unceremoniously despite the fact that that is not actually the case and On the way out, as you were being led through the town, Jonathan was waylaid by a a young tiefling woman in uh, red skin and big black horns with uh, black hair in what looks like very comfortable clothing, especially for this jungle environment, a bright smile on her face calling out to Jonathan Shipwright and wrapping him in a hug as she realizes that this certainly is her childhood friend from Care Calendar. This is Abex Kressel. And I think we pick up right there as she pulls away and says, I'm I'm so sorry you're you're here. I mean, I'm glad to see you, but you're gonna have to tell me everything. It's been forever. Yeah, you're gonna have to do the same. It's You are literally one of the last people I saw back home before I left. You and Scotty. You were one of the last people I saw before I got shipped off here. Literally. So, uh, There's there's catching up to do. There's catching up to do. Uh, uh, I see you have friends. Yes, yes. Uh, This is Carlton Tanks, Travancore, uh, and uh, Bernice Q. Burns. Hello. Hi. Oh, and Shadow. And and I point to Shadow and uh, I don't. Oh, and I and Bucks relands on my shoulder. He took off as soon as she like, as soon as she like got me. She's like, and then he lands back. Uh, this is uh Buxton Bertram Bellweather. You can call him Bucks, and he's he like he doesn't nod. He owl bows. <laughs> my stars, this is amazing. I. I it, I never in a million years thought that I would see you, and I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm happy to see you, and then I'm guilty that I'm happy to see you. Uh, uh, so, uh, my name is Abex Cressel. I know Jonathan. We grew up together. Uh, we didn't know each other for very long before you got sent off, and then I went off, and everything. But we we grew up in Caracal and Deer together, and I, 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 I think of you often, especially with you going off to, you went off to Neverwinter, right? Yeah, the Neverwinter uh, Academy of the Arcane Arts. Uh, if you'll remember that, God, I mean, it feels like we spent a lot more time together, but it really was just that one day. And, but, but yeah, like I, even back then, I had a little bit of magic and now I got a little more. Well, I'm excited to hear. And she turns and looks at Baka, the portal who had been leading you to some accommodations for the evening and she says baka i i know where all of the the welcome 
rooms are. Uh, do you mind if I, I take over? I would love for uh, Jonathan. And, uh, um, my wife and I will put them up and, and we'll make dinner for them and, and take care of everything. Why, why don't you go and, and take the night off? And Baca says, okay, if you know each other, then, then I, I leave you in good hands, Abex. Okay. If you need anything, I'll, 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 I'll be with all the books like normal. And she turns around and trots away. And Bye, Baca. And she she gives you a little wave. She does the thing where she's she's walking away and you call out bye and she stops and she doesn't turn around, but she gives kind of the enthusiastic back wave. <laughs> Giant enthusiastic claw. Uh, as, yeah. as soon as, as she, when she mentions wife and I get a word in edgewise, I'll be like, wife, you've done well for yourself then. Well, I've been here a while. And once it became obvious that there's probably no way to get home. I've kind of built a life here. Let me let me explain, and I'll I'll give you the 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 short, and we'll we'll go, and I'll I'll show you our home. And she starts to lead you through the town, uh, a little uphill. Once again, you see that a lot of this town is a variety of styles of houses, of of makes and models from multiple multiple years and multiple multiple peoples. Uh, here is an a, a tree house that seems to be inhabited by uh, a couple of wood elves and a dwarf. And over here, there's um, three turtles and what looks like they've they've got just kind of a gaggle of, of kids. Maybe they're putting on like a birthday party. It's a variety of kids. And over there, oh is, my god, uh, little turtles! Of... <gasps> no. Yes, there there are little turtles. You see, you see tiny, tiny ah! little. They are they're like a foot tall. Uh, even the halfling ah. children are taller than they are. It's adorable. Oh, I'm no. taller than they are. Bernie's taller than they are. Goes, oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So cute. Oh, my oh, God. That most people's offspring are usually taller than me by this point in their lives. This is wonderful. <laughs> and Abex says, well, so about half the town is are turtles they're they're the the people who they're from here they they live here this is this is kind of their town but all of us that end up shipwrecked here this is the only safe place on the island and they've been super nice to just take us in and from from what i gather over the years it's just become the way of this town we all just gather here and we all live together and try to stay out of the way of the dragon and the dinosaurs and everything else that's going on i'm sorry the what the dragon and the dinosaurs and the- we we know about the, dra- the, the, the dinosaurs. 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 What's the dinosaur? What's what's that? They're like plesiosaurs on land, I think. Didn't we meet dinosaurs in Chol? Did we? We got a dinosaur mask, but we didn't actually ever meet any dinosaurs. That's correct. You, you got a Dinonychus mask, and Travancore is correct about the the plesiosaurs. Oh, yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine that Travancore's education probably would have covered things like dinosaurs and Braconum, maybe a little more than any of our educations in Faerun. Yeah, Travancore, make a nature check. Okay. I'm highly educated. Or or I'll let you do a nature check or a history check. I'll let you choose. Uh, I'll do a nature. Nature guy, naturally. Sure. The score is actually the same. doesn't really matter. I just want to turn nature. Because we're getting... Oh, nine. So I think I think a traffic court before you you say anything. I think when Street Bollock Bonaventure was going over dinosaurs, like Travancore's notebook just says big lizards underlined four times. 
You know one dinosaur. You know a Deinonychus. That was the first dinosaur you were taught by your tutor. And like most children who learn about dinosaurs, it captured your imagination, but it so captured your imagination that you only ever learned about the one. So Deinonychus equals, or Plesiosaur equals dinosaur. You don't really know anything else about dinosaurs. But I mean, you're you're aware of them. And all of you are, especially after the, the brief visit to Chult that you took of, yes, giant lizards that usually in tropical climates, but you can find them elsewhere. Travancore, you would also remember since it just happened when you offered Murray a siesta with Captain Langley. He mentioned before you dropped him off that if you're going to the Isle of Dread to go get one of those little dinosaurs that he wants, he wants to be able to ride a little dinosaur. You know, Travancore has been free of the curse for a little while. It's good to have something to feel guilty about. Namely, <laughs> Murray, left behind Captain Langley, that he has to get back, lest he incur the wrath of a certain half-orc. Ah, oh, yes, the hostage. <laughs> the ward. And then, like, you're like, you, like, look over across and he's just... Mm. <laughs> it's yep. okay, buddy. It's okay. I briefly... Briefly forgot about Murray, because I was so inspired by the awe of the Isle of Dread and the Plain of Water. But you know who would love all this? Murray! (laughs) Anyway, Abex says, I I can fill you in on a bunch of stuff, and there's a lot of dangers, but this town is pretty safe. We've we've done our best to, to keep keep all of us safe. The rest of the island, not so much. And you've already heard about the dragon. It sounds like you know about the dinosaurs. Uh, don't go out into the, the jungle unless you're prepared to defend yourself, although she gives you all a critical eye and says, you seem like the kind of people who can defend yourself, but there's all sorts of bad stuff out there not not even to mention the dragon but that's that's for later for tonight it's catching up come on come on and she continues to lead you through the town and you can see now it is a modest town but it is actually fairly large it's probably close to a thousand people living working enjoying and as she brings you up the hill and away from the ocean, you see that it is also protected by a fairly large fence. Almost a wall, but mostly made out of wood and little bits of stone. Large enough that it's it's probably a good five, six feet tall. And it's got a walkway on it because you do see people with bows and arrows and crossbows guarding facing out. And... No one seems on edge, but certainly the the wall gives you an indication that they they take the security and what she's saying about the dangers of the jungle very seriously. And eventually she brings you to a nice stone house. Very plain looking. It actually kind of looks like the squat dwarven homes that you're used to uh, with kind of very nicely perpendicular everything but once you come inside she opens the door and the guest the the main room that you enter while small has a really nice rug on the on the ground and it seems like uh there's a gorgeous handcrafted table and a couple of chairs and you smell what it kind of smells like a sweet curry coming out of the back and Abex, she knocks on the table and calls out and uh, says, oh, well, let me let me let me let her know that you're here. Uh, we, we don't often get visitors. Uh, Bryn. And she goes wandering through one of the two doors in the house and sticks her head in and says, 
I have friends. I, you've got to meet that. I've told you about Jonathan. Come on, come on, come on. And uh, out from the kitchen, wiping her hands on a cloth, is a tall elven woman in a, a similar long flowing dress to, to Abex's. A curious smile on her face, and she looks over all of you and says, Hi, it's nice to meet you. Did you just get shipwrecked? Uh, not exactly. Travancore, why don't you show them our idea of a ship? Uh, and Travancore will produce the uh, the box. And uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. It's not Super Snake, but the other one. He wants to no, 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 you don't, don't have like to, you don't have to unpack it inside your home. But he okay. goes, it's not stupid. And Jonathan goes, no. <laughs> so inside, inside this uh, box is actually um, two variants of, of boats we can use. And uh, we came from, uh, I guess, the material plane. Mm. Yeah, try, 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 try. Prime material plane. Yeah, one way the to... prime material plane, as my as my my friend just uh, just said. And we were able to uh, to get this from uh, from an associate of ours to allow us to uh, to traverse the uh, the ocean. We ran afoul of uh, some young dragons, not the big one, as we are understanding, but we were able to dock at the uh, the dock of uh, this fine town. And then we folded up our boat and uh, walked on in. So you came here on purpose? Yeah, that apparently doesn't happen very often, does it? The two of them look at each other wide-eyed, although Abex looks a little more pleased. Jonathan, you you really only knew her for a very short time, but she definitely gives off the proud, this is a friend of mine doing something awesome grin, mm-hmm. while her wife has a little bit of a, wow, just just a, a kind of a shocked look. And they look back at you and Abex says, no, 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 no. Everyone here is either uh, accident or tortle. Right. Yeah. Jonathan, tell them how you do the thing. So, as you know, I went to the uh, Neverwinter Academy of the Arcane Arts. I graduated actually relatively not that long ago. Uh, I keep forgetting how young I am because it hasn't been a whole lot of time. No, it's only been a couple of years since I've seen you. I mean, not long after you left is when I ended up here. So I've just been here this entire time. So, and... I, I, I always imagined that the Neverwinter Academy was more of a Hogwarts. So they'd go in as kids, but then come out as like high school graduates. So like Jonathan the Magimuscular is only like 23 or so. So he's like not that he's only five years removed from his last year at school. And it was only what, three or four years after that, that he ran into a elven archer in a uh, box canyon. <laughs> <laughs> history uh, history <sighs> but uh but so he says my abilities have grown a lot since then especially in more recent times you can kick even more ass yes oh, i can also that's awesome i can also traverse the planes now in the boat with me i can travel between planes that's how we got oh. here i th- i brought my friends here and then Travancore taps the box and says, the boat helped. The boat. I'd imagine. The boat, the boat help. helped a lot. The boat made it so we didn't have to swim as much. No, you don't. You don't want to swim. No. The, the, you you ran into young sea dragons, mm-hmm. it sounded like. Uh, no, those are. Yeah, that is nothing to. Wow, we have a lot to catch up on. Um, 
she looks over at Bryn, the the tall elven lady, and says, "Do you think we have enough for 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 dinner for everybody?" And Bryn nods and says, "Talk to your friends. I'll get everything ready. It'll just take a little bit longer. Won't be anything fancy, but I can I can make it work." And she kind of gives you a soft smile, and you get the sense she's a little more um shy than. Abex and heads back on into the kitchen. Bryn brings you around what is obviously the dinner table, pulling chairs and stools from a couple different places. So you all have places to sit and says, okay, okay. So, so you came here on purpose. Why? <sighs> Let's uh, to see you. You I knew have... I was here. No, he's kidding. No. He's um, he's he's improving and he's not he's he needs to yeah, practice it's at a it. bit it's a bit Carlton we're gonna yes and him right now <laughs> why don't you start at the beginning of our dealings with the dragon Thontorf rack and if you for brevity's sake if you want to just say that you explain the basics about the instrument and everything I won't make you Carlton does all of that <laughs> for them. <laughs> So you get the Carlton Cliff Notes. Oh man, which is like the Ant Man story. Yeah, it's like the Ant Man version of the of the story so far. Or Olaf from Frozen Two. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of both. So actually, I, I'm going to re- recant my statement. Then I do want to hear at least the the end portion from Carlton. How how do you tell the basics of this story? Uh, so you want me to just come in of like from getting into the plane of water, or do you want me to do like? Greenest At least on. have a little, like, our last meeting with Thontorvrak, so we can have a Thontorvrak impression. Yeah, just talk about the, the end, the end bit, why you're specifically here. So, like I said, we were trying to get out of this deal with this blue dragon, and he told us that there was this harp. And then he was like, you get to be a pirate, Carlton. And I was like, oh, fuck, I get to be a pirate, sailing the seas. Hell yes, let's do this, and find this harp, so we can get out of debt to this dragon, but also not really, because like we're probably gonna double cross him. Uh, but I get to be a pirate. <laughs> Bernie and and Jonathan look at each other in horror as you say that part. We're probably we're gonna like put on a big concert and then like not let the legendary instrument fall into the hands of a dragon. Wait, we are. What? I thought that was what I inferred. No. No. Wait, we're gonna give Maybe. the legendary instrument to a dragon? We're gonna Probably. Give his... He already has one. What the hell is he doing? Why does he need two? Why does Those he... things are dangerous! Why has I thought he... this was a ruse! No! no! This wasn't a ruse. This was excellent negotiation on my part, and he has one, and nothing bad has come of it, to our knowledge, so This was yes. this was a literally somehow an everyone win scenario. Wait, when did we expertly negotiate? Oh, well, my. you were thinking about being pirate, apparently. <laughs> and you know, Abex, Abex says that in character. She's been listening, wrapped. This has taken about 30 minutes. Meanwhile, Bryn has brought out uh, what what seems to be curry and fresh bread and uh, some, some sweet juice and has been sitting like in rapt attention like you've been describing the most amazing uh, movie in the, on the planet. Important question. So this bread, um, how would you describe this bread? Is it like a loaf-based thing? Are we talking about a naan here? A falafel? Well, it's curry, so it's got to be more naan. But obviously they're working with whatever they have in the jungle, which might not be the exact ingredients. So it's it's a little thicker than you would expect an actual traditional naan to be. And it's, it's kind of plain, but it's perfect for dipping in the curry. I also would have accepted perota or roti. 
Ah, uh, yes. But I would have needed to know a lot more about food, about that kind of food in order to go if, there. If it's not, listen, if it's not going to be a non, that's just a non-starter. Uh, All right, good night, everybody. I feel All like right, you should done. have said if it's going to be loaf bread, that's just a non-starter. That's so much better. Non-starter. <laughs> I spend a lot of time correcting Stephen's shitty puns. So upset at all of you. You live this. He makes some good puns, but all in all, like my favorite thing I do is make a pun so good that he gets angry at me. (laughs) As uh, Carlton kind of sort of skips over what he was ignoring with the negotiations, and Bernie gives her that gives that look. Jonathan the Magic Musk is just like patting her on the back, going, "It's okay. We we know. We know." We are not going to double cross. I know. I know. I know. I know. He thinks we're going to double cross him. No, no, that's fine. I, I can. About it. You know, I'll, have a dragon network. That's okay. I'll just forget. The I'll just. Dragon network. <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. Well, I we can. Yeah, listen, we're super powerful magic users, so we can deal with it. It's fine. Just imagining the Dragon and Friends network with the dragon version of Dion Warwick <laughs> as the chair. <laughs> Do you think that the the topaz dragon that's here can talk to your blue dragon? Do you think they know each other? I didn't think it that would be that racist was... to assume that all dragons know each other. That said, I hate dragons. Yeah, yeah. Not all dragons know each other. Oh, no, I just mentioned the... Because you said there was a dragon network? Is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. But here's the thing. I don't want to take any chances. He likes to scry on us. I don't know if that works in, you know... No, I thought we fixed that. You all know at the moment, I believe you are all attuned to the amulets. Yeah, we got our, our necklaces. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair and true. You would all know that he should not be able to scry directly on you or in your general area. He would have to, he would have to like side scry. You'd have to like scry on this specific town and you just happen to be in that spot. Would we not show up? Would we still show up then? Or like, would we just be like character not found like 404s walking through? A giant red error. Like, yeah, just a little, walking, like a, walking just a little by. red X going through town. Also, side scry sounds like something a Gen like Z person would say on TikTok. Is that like slang that I don't understand? You know, it's just my side, side scry, scry, bro. It's my side scry. You know, though, now that you mention it, let me can see and hear a particular creature you choose that is on the same plane of existence as you. That's the other thing about scrying. You are on a different plane of existence. Target must make a wisdom saving throw. You can choose a location. When you do, the sensor appears in the location and doesn't move. Okay. So at least, uh, Jonathan, you know right off the bat, he cannot scry on a different plane of existence. Because now that you've said that, I am proof against detection and location. Wearing this amulet, you're hidden from divination magic. Can't be targeted by such magic or perceived through magical scrying sensors. So yeah, even if he was able to side scry, um, you would not even show up. Now, can we make it canonical that we appear as little red X's and then we sound like the Peanuts parents? I mean, if you want, but that indicates that there's something there. hidden there. And that's yeah, actually... I, I, that's All worse. Right, never mind. I, so much worse. Good point, Good point DM. Yeah, I, hey, I'm actually being kind to you because what's, what's better? I've never said that you were not kind to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, now that we've answered that for future references, Abex is... The two of them are fascinated. The two of them are, you get the sense that this kind of story, she hasn't heard in her entire life, neither of them, that probably the stories, and she'll actually say this, she'll say, 
most of the people that end up here end up here because they got stranded like like the two of us the we got pulled through and not the same boat we weren't on the same boat but my boat got pulled through a storm and we got shipwrecked uh and and i thought i was one of the lucky ones our, our ship actually got shipwrecked against the isle so we were able to swim just like a half a mile to the beach and so it's it's exciting for each of us but it's like the same story for pretty much everybody so all of this my stars, this is amazing. This is this is incredible. So you're looking for this harp. Brent, if you don't mind my asking, where was home before here? Um, for me, I I lived in deep uh, away from the the Sword Coast waters. Um, my my family grew up kind of in a in a very small town and I <laughs> I thought it would be fun to take a trip and my first trip went a little bad and I ended up here. Uh I was young, and I decided that I was going to go on an adventure without my parents knowing. And oh. now, yeah, Abex kind of reaches out and puts a puts a comforting hand on her shoulder and says, "Whereas I went on an adventure, but I told everybody. Everybody knew where I was going. I was then off to Schult. I was going to go on my first cartography mission. <sighs> but you know what? That sucked." This hasn't been so bad. It's been kind of nice. And yeah, I've, and she looks back at Jonathan and says, I, I have I found a, a life here and a, a community and a, a family here that I, I never thought I'd be the settle down type. But here we are. Apex, I don't know if you would know anything about this, but I do know that Scotty was lost at sea. Do you know what happened or when he left or? did he did he end up here he didn't i i thought the same thing when i arrived no not long after you left is when he shipped out and my understanding is yeah whatever happened to his boat there were no survivors but that, that was kind of one of the reasons that i wanted to go and become a cartographer and i i i got together with I was actually supposed to go help the Care Calendar Navy. We were going to go help chart the edges of, of Chult along the coast for the Navy. And that was supposed to be my first job after getting my apprenticeship. And I I thought that I could sail and maybe find something. I don't know. I mean, it seems like such a weird... It seems like such a long, far-off dream to be able to like find him find out exactly what happened i mean we found each other so i guess anything is possible yeah but no the first the first thing i thought when i ended up here was that he might be here but no one from that ship is in the records so whatever whatever happened he didn't end up here okay i'm sorry it's it's okay it's uh and jonathan medjimos here kind of like wipes his eyes a little and, oh. but um so the good news is that tomorrow i gain the ability to go back go back on the boat nope so the magic that i use to traverse planes is very similar to the magic that i can use to go to different places in the same plane baka told us about a teleportation circle that's in the volcano. We do have to deal with the dragon, and we do have to find this harp. 
But we were thinking that maybe one of the first things we do to get sort of a lay of the land is clear out the monsters that are infesting the area around that teleportation circle. Then I not only have a good jump off point from this plane, I have a very good destination to return. And I plan to. Now that I know that there are people here who have survived, I would say that anyone who wants to go home, I can help. And once again, the the two of them look at each other kind of wide-eyed, as though they're contemplating something that they hadn't ever contemplated before. And Abex looks back at you and says, so if we wanted to, we could go back to the Sword Coast. We could go back to Care Calendar. Mm-hmm. Or wow. if you want to stay and Bryn... You said your parents didn't know where you went. If you wanted to send them a letter, I plan on slowly. I, I told we told Baca and we were kind of planning on slowly disseminating this information. And before we leave, collecting any letters that people might want to know where people are. And if people don't want to know uh, or if people don't want to send letters, that's fine. But that option exists now. And you watch as Abex reaches out and and takes Bryn's hand and the two of them kind of hold hands for just a moment as as Bryn takes a shaky little breath and says, absolutely, I would, it would make me feel so much better. I don't know how difficult this has been on my folks. As far as they know, I, I left a note saying I was, I was going on a little trip with some friends and then I love it here and... I, I love being here with you. And she squeezes Abex's hand and, and says, so I don't, I don't know if I would go back, but knowing that I could tell them that I'm okay, finding out if they're okay. It's been so many years. That would be, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I plan on, after we finish this job, assuming I survive, of course, because, you know, stuff can happen. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a lingering dread. But uh, if, Assuming that I survive, I plan on doing that, either ferrying people back and forth or ferrying some correspondence. I can't do it forever, but I could spend about a week do going back and forth and at least sending off those correspondence. And then people know I can't be a conduit forever, but at, at least I can, for example, just let your parents know that you're OK. You're doing good. No, that would be wonderful. I don't think anybody would expect you to to do that for the rest of your life. But you might actually be surprised. Most of the people here, they've they've found a life for themselves. I think we're all pretty happy. I think there's maybe some people who came in the last batch or two who haven't been here as long. Um, But just knowing that people know how to get here now and, and can do it safely or... Mostly safely, I guess. I plan. I am part of a mage's guild in uh, where are we from? Never, not Neverwinter. Uh, Waterdeep. <laughs> Waterdeep. <laughs> and at that point, memory good. <laughs> Abex gives you a very gentle elbow and says, "Look at you, mage's guild." I know it's awesome. Uh, so I can give them the information for this teleportation circle, and then they might send people. In fact, my my mentor at the uh, uh, Watchful Order specializes in teleportation magic this is this is going to be candy to him bird seed if you will he's an aracocra oh okay no, our gods really love aracocras 
<laughs> Gee, I wonder why. They're like a favored race or something. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's 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 like they show up everywhere and they're awesome. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams in a single grand adventure. And it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Silver and Steel, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on October 18th at 8pm Pacific, so open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. P-U-T-S-F-U-D-S-F-O-C-I So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got for your champions. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. That would be wonderful. Uh, So, okay, so you're going to be here a while. Uh, Volcano, dragon, well, we got to help you out. We've got to, and Abex looks at Bryn and says, I'll go get one of my maps. And she runs off. And comes back momentarily with a rolled up, uh, a large piece of rough parchment and spreads it out over the table. And before you is a map. It's a rough map. It's expertly drawn, but there's not a lot of detail to it. This seems like uh, the kind of map that's drawn by a, a master cartographer who has very little information. Jonathan's going to go, hey, Bernie, we've got a map. I like maps. Maps are good. I got it. I have to, I'm going to send it over email, but there's a map. <laughs> Ooh. We should drop that image when this episode releases. This is going to be on the Patreon if you want to see oh. my crappy hand-drawn map. <laughs> Isle of Dread. There we go. Ooh. So, here. I love the I love the hex-based map. It's very... uh. Catan. It's very Catan. It's very uh, Rune Wars, Twilight Imperium, all the best games use hexes. Well, it's as if Abex wanted to draw a map in order to show distance. And so she went with a hex-based map in order to be able to say, all right, so right here that's us that's the that's uh, that's the the only town it's the only it's the only town and i i don't really have that much in the way of detail because as i said the the it's very dangerous everywhere we go on this island is deadly and dangerous and the dragon lives somewhere up here and she points kind of to the north eastern portion of the island where the the water snakes through and it's not a direct she doesn't have like an x marks the spot she just has a, a vague circle she says we know that silray girleth lives somewhere under the the water there that's where he's got his lair um we've watched him dive down in through caves there and that's where he's usually coming from when he's flying out to go see sea rex but no one's ever been in it and i don't know if there's any entrances from up here from from the surface so we know that his lair is somewhere there and then she points to the northwest portion and says, so the volcano that you're talking about, that's up there. And there's a whole suite of, of mountains 
that that are around it and it is a fairly active volcano so you're going to have to be careful because there's there's pretty nasty smoke that's usually coming out of there uh what you're really going to have to watch out for is that's the rocks hunting grounds and you don't want to get in that thing's way i'm sorry the what the rock the big bird have you seen a rock before do you know what those are yeah you see the couple Okay. All right. Jonathan the Magimuscular fingers the uh the rock statue in his uh in his pocket. <laughs> I want a rock. I want a rock. So the good news about the rock is that most of us are too small to be anything. Uh it, it's hunting most of the larger dinosaurs around here. So as long as you stay out of its way, it tends to stay out of ours. The dragon on the other hand is capricious and nasty and while it's not going to actively hunt you it if you get in its way it has no problem of just killing you and it's horrible that way has anybody talked to it to see why he's so grumpy we've tried uh mostly the people who get shipwrecked and that's when the dragon shows up to steal all of their stuff we've had some people try to converse with it and it seems to not want to talk it's not very social and it never stops when it's flying over we see it occasionally fly over and haven't been able to get it to to chat and as i said everybody that's ever gone out there thinking that they can do something uh they never come back so because it's never actively attacked the town we just kind of stay on our side of the the island and it it has its and we just we just leave it alone I and mean, all the years that I've been here and then you know everyone that I've talked to have been here for much longer than me it's aggressive but not so territorial as to be upset that we're here it doesn't seem to want any tithings from us it doesn't seem to want to converse with us it just wants to steal the stuff that shipwrecks and go home Jonathan the Magimuscular is formulating a plan I mean Plans are good. So, we already talked about going up and trying to at least clear out the immediate dangers around the teleportation circle. If we have to tangle tangle with this rock, we can do that. However, we may not just not to upset the natural balance, because maybe this rock keeps the dinosaurs in check. So, if we kill the rock, then all of a sudden... This town could have a dinosaur problem. We don't want that. But at the very least, we can clear the immediate area of the teleportation circle. And who knows? Maybe we find something that we could use as leverage or bargaining to get the the harp away from the dragon. But it sounds like if worse comes to worse and we have to fight this dragon, no one's going to miss it. It's not part of the natural balance. It's not It's not eating dinosaurs. It's just fucking with shipwrecks. What do you think it's eating in the ocean, though? Whatever it's eating in the ocean, there's plenty of ocean. Yeah, I think that if we end up having to... I think we can go into a conversation with the dragon, especially if we find something cool in the volcano, and try and bargain. But if I think... Like our meeting with Thontor Breck, we'll have to be ready to fight, and we'll have to be ready to finish it. Which I can't do right now. Oh my god, I'm so stuffed. Oh, oh, oh that is so good. I'm also it's very delicious. tired. I looked up and said, "Lex actually chewing," and I was like, 
That's some really good role. Play. That's that's a uh, that's some premium RP. A plus role play. For the <laughs> listeners at home, my lovely wife brought me dinner, and I'm muting while eating dinner. I just Which I <laughs> leaning forward like a person listening across the table intently while eating, and I thought, man, I wish everyone could see that. That's just actually that's, that's the very pretty nicely. great. Yeah, it would take you a couple of days to get there anyway. There's paths that you can take that I'm kind of familiar with. There's some trackers who are much better at navigating the the surrounding area, hunters. As I said, we tend to not go to the northern part of the island. Between everything else going on and the dragon, there's really no reason to to head in that direction. That's that's why my, my map is so sparse. So everything that we've been able to find have been whatever little that we've been able to pick up from the few times that we've had people who can fly or who have decided to go exploring and come back. It's been hard. It's been difficult to do my job when there's a dragon and a rock and dinosaurs. I feel like in Skyrim or like, you know, like Horizon Zero Dawn, this would be the side quest where we have to take Apex to different points in the map in the map as a uh, as a escort mission and it's like oh well i really need there are three points where i think if i get there and and survey i'll be able to really fill out this map do you think you can help and then we have to it, it goes into our side quest menu and then we can fucking escort mission <laughs> and then, and yeah. then balverines <laughs> <laughs> well she if you at all talk about mapping, she will want to know details. She will say, you know, when you come back from wherever you go off to, I definitely want to hear about all of the the, the details of anything that you see. Because as, as you can see, I, this would not get me through my first day of apprenticeship. But my maps are only as good as my information. And it's too dangerous to send people just for a map when... Pretty much everything within a day's walk around here is is kind of all we need and immediately offshore. It's it's not safe to go further than that. But if you're insisting on going and you can bring me back some information that would definitely help this this town. For all we know, there's there might be other people on this island who've been washed up and, and living in the jungle. I I doubt it. The dinosaurs here are very scary and big and big. Have I mentioned that they're big? Yeah. Jonathan, there were no dinosaurs in Care Calendar. Nope, not a one. Nope. We didn't even have any dinosaur bones. Like, uh, nope. that's one of the things that they had at Neverwinter. They had, like, I don't think they were dinosaur bones, but they had dragon bones. And, yeah, th- them fucks are big. We yeah. Definitely need to be concerned if there are polar bears and smoke monsters. <laughs> There's not <laughs> that enough reference is lost no. on me. I, uh, I'm trying to move on. Abex <laughs> will take your your statement seriously and say, "Well, there's no snow. It doesn't get cold enough here to snow. This isn't like anywhere on the Sword Coast and where there's going to be snow. It it gets cool at night if we're lucky, but there's it's not that cold. Uh, you have to go pretty much out onto the water, and then even then, it doesn't get cold enough to freeze. Could you imagine the endless ocean frozen? Hmm, fascinating." Elemental plane of ice. The what? I'm just saying that this is referred to as the elemental plane of water. So if it all froze over, elemental plane of ice. Although I imagine there's an actual elemental plane of ice and it's probably terrible. Oh, you know, the frost fell. It's a thing. Abex didn't say that. Right. I know. Yeah. 
so at this point, you've been talking for a while. You've been enjoying this food. Uh, the sun has set. It is late in the evening. You can hear all of the various sounds of the forest around you have come to life. It is both off-putting and also kind of soothing. It's it's that mixture of noises of animals you are unfamiliar with mixed in with the the natural fact that most of these are are bugs or birds or things that are making noise because they feel safe enough to make noise and there isn't a large predator around. But it is certainly a little disconcerting. The, these are a uh, strange forest and even the bugs have a cadence you're not used to and while there is no sun it's just gotten dark there is no moon there are no stars it just has gotten dark and so past the village as you look out the windows it is pitch like yes most of you have some sort of dark vision but there is nothing and occasionally you see a glint maybe a firefly uh you hear uh the padding of maybe a, a foot on the ground of something closer in the cacophony of the cicadas you can smell the uh, the jungle as everything cools a lot of the the vapors are being released and now you can feel the mist in the air but it's definitely gotten dark and Abex says, let me take you to uh, one of the guest quarters. You're welcome to stay there as long as you need. It's nothing fancy, but uh, we've learned people like to have a place when they first get here. And so we've got a couple of them. And she'll, uh, unless there's anything else you want to ask her or Bryn, she will lead you out of her home into another part of the town. I've got a question for you, Lauren. Yes. Like, I would assume that as Ja, the player, has a broad understanding that there are many different religions. I may not know all the specifics of them. I'm aware of their existence. I yes. would assume Carlton is aware of the existence of many of the gods in the realm, even if he doesn't specifically worship them. Absolutely. There's no moon here. There's no moon. Does that impact Saloon? Uh, you don't know. Because I got really curious. I was like, wait, if there's no moon, then how does the moon goddess... Do you say that out loud? Yes. Bernie, jo make a religion check. I was about to I was like, say, Jonathan, Bernie might know the answer Jonathan to that. Jonathan Muscular kind of looks down at Bernie. <laughs> um, you know, that's a really good question. Think about it. So 14. So Bernie, you know that gods have different levels of power depending on where you are. You don't have a lot of experience with planar travel, but your understanding is your connection to your god unless it is intentionally severed by something or blocked, you will always have that connection. It may be stronger or weaker. It may be more comforting in your hometown surrounded by bees than it is, you know, in the Feywild where there is nothing like what you're used to. You're pretty positive that just because there's no moon does not mean that anyone who is connected to Saloon suddenly is lost you think it would probably be disconcerting for the same reason that if there were no bees or honey or if you if you arrived on the Elmenta Plain of Water and you couldn't feel the presence of your goddess, it would be off-putting. But you can still feel her. So yeah, you, you think it, it's going to depend on the god and the relationship and what's going on, but you don't think the absence of a moon in the same way that a cleric of Pelor in the absence of a sun would be in trouble or 
you in the absence of beehives. So Bernie looks at Carlton and she says, think about it this way. The moon waxes and wanes. There are plenty of nights in our plane where there is no moon. And perhaps those that worship Saloon are not particularly fond of those nights. But that's what faith is, Carlton. I don't have to see my goddess to know that she's there. And while it, you know, is quite wonderful, I imagine, to have a giant orb that hangs in the sky reminding you of the presence of your goddess at all times. Similar to how, like, I'm still connected to Mailiki, even though there's not a unicorn in front of me. Yeah. Obviously not to the level that you're connected to Bay, but my faith in Mailiki... Oh, yeah, I guess that does make sense. But, like, I always just thought of the moon as the actual god, and you look up and see the god, whereas, like, all the others are representations. But that makes sense. That's just a representation of the god. It's it's not out there. And she's going to reach up and touch him on the heart, and she's say, it's in here. Mm. That makes sense. Ish. It doesn't always make <laughs> sense. That's the other thing. Doesn't always make sense. And at this point, Abex has led you to a a very nice wood kind of yurt structure and has opened up the door and turns back to you and says, you would find that a lot of people after they've started living here for a while, they do start worshipping Tempest and all sorts of sea creatures. <laughs> and Sorry, this town is way too nice and comfortable looking for anybody to be worshipping. Well, you know, when you live in a place that is mostly water and storms, then a lot of people believe that you should, you, you pray to the gods that you've, you have to deal with on a regular basis. You know, if we ever go back to, if you come with us, maybe you all can like, so I've, I've got a temple full of people that you could talk to about <laughs> austerity and comfort. I don't know. I'm not much of a talker. I'm more of a... A, a mapper, but I'll, I'll take this as a compliment. Anyway, and she points into what is essentially a, a one room, very nice hut. It's got a, a couple of beds in it, a couple of chests. She'll point in the back to where there's a privy and she'll say, it's nothing fancy, but, you know, we keep the sheets clean and we keep everything fresh for when people come on by. And the, the screens on the windows have all been changed, so there shouldn't be any bugs in here. And uh, all the, the lamps should be full of oil. So if you need anything, I'm, I'm just down the way. And, you know, f- feel free to knock and, and we'll let you know. But I kind of gather that maybe you could all use a, a nice rest. As she's getting ready to leave, Jonathan the Magimuscular looks like he's about to say something and then thinks thinks better of it. Travancore does the same, except he actually says, thank you for your hospitality. You're most generous and kind. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Many thanks. There's one thing that we've developed as a community here it's that we're a community and we're constantly getting new people and i I think we've all just learned how to be nice to people because you know everywhere else kind of sucks so we we try to help each other out and so and also i mean it 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 helps that and she looks over at jonathan she says it helps there was a familiar face and i'm also gonna have her roll don't incite me it's my (laughs) Don't incite me. Jonathan? Yes. So I'll I'll ask this in a roundabout way. 
Are you trying to intentionally hide something or are you uh, when you, you say you thought about saying something, but then you stopped? He was he was going to say something about. He was going to try and initiate what could potentially be an awkward and weird conversation. And then in his head, he figured it would be awkward and weird. So he stopped himself right before he was about to initiate said conversation. But, you know, Carlton, his friends are here. So it's probably when she's out of earshot, he'll explain further unless she catches him. (laughs) Well, so at this point, what I'd like you to do is roll a deception check. Um, she rolled an 18 on her insight and this is less about you deceiving her. Right, right. And yeah, more about her. Does she catch this moment? Oh, yes, she does. I rolled a seven. Oh, buddy. So she, you say thank you to her, Travancore, and she explains the the kindness and then is looking at Jonathan as she says, and it's so good to see a a face. And I'm so glad that you are here on your own power and that this isn't a a bad thing that you're here, that you came here on purpose. I mean, that that's that's amazing. Are you okay? I'm fine. I am doing what Jonathan the Magic Muscular would be doing. Uh, I am making awkward faces for my friends. Uh, Does Trevancore catch Jonathan floundering? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's It's been a long night and a long journey. We probably need to rest. Really happy to see you, Abex. Me too. It's good to see you too. I'm glad that you went off and did all the things that you wanted to do. Thanks. And she'll hesitantly come in for a hug. Like, feeling the tension. Oh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular, like, hugs, and just a little squeeze, and then, but, uh, but thank you, thanks again. Really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. See me tomorrow, and I'll, I'll make a copy of that map, and uh, we'll have breakfast, and uh, I, hopefully I can answer some other questions that you have, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And she'll wave at all of you, and exit, and close the door behind her. Jonathan waves awkwardly with an awkward expression on his face and then he kind of like relaxes kind of plops on on, sits on the bed like his shoulders just kind of slump and he's like she's married awesome oh honey no it's it's not that necessarily (laughs) (laughs) i like the necessarily i mean i've learned a lot about myself because of all of you. And in this case, particularly from Carlton, kind of made me realize why I see things the way I do when it comes to women. And it pretty much all stems from Abex. And I don't think it was any conscious thing. I'm not like pining for her or I haven't been like hoping I would meet her for all these years. But I think I carried a notion that came with me to school, Professor Wood, and came with me to Greenest. Jonathan, it's okay to have a tie. I know. It's just when you when you realize when you have that actual that realization and that uh, where that type came from, and then that person who really at that at this point was just an idea. A very pleasant memory shows up all in reality. It's, it's weird. 
when he's like kind of floundering and trying to, I just kind of pat him on the back. Like, it's okay. Thanks, buddy. You don't have to. You don't have to. I I'm gonna have some things to unpack for a while. But at least we have a job. We do have a job. On the plus side, you're not unpacking a bag of holding, which is infinite. That's Sometimes true. the person we build in our minds is very different from the person that actually exists. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, she's had... I, She was in my life for a day until now. It was one of the most memorable days of my life. We fought together. I mean, it was kids fighting, but, you know. I mean... She was one of the first teammates I had in that way. Something that I now have with all of you. And you're not attracted to half-orcs. Or half-elves. Bernie, they're pretty cute, though. Come on. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I don't know. Let me tell you something. You can have a type. You can separate the two. You can understand why you find a certain body type attractive or hair color or horns coming out of their forehead or tail possession or feathers you can understand you can you can dive back into your personal life and you can pinpoint the moment in which you went wow and you can also understand that the person that caused that moment is sometimes completely and utterly separate from everything that comes after. They go on to live their own lives and unfortunately just had to come into collision with the fantasy and the reality at the same time. It doesn't mean the fact that you had the fantasies wrong and the fact that you came into a collision with it it's probably a lot healthier than what a lot of other people do with that information. Jonathan the Magic Muscular kind of nods, like heavily nods. And stuff. I yeah. guess he's a person. It's so fantasies are okay and things that you're attracted to are okay as long as they don't affect the respect that you give people that may or may not fall into those criteria. And I've never seen it affect the respect that you give them. Though I have seen it delightfully affect your ability to speak. And that, I hope, never changes. Oh, that's Same. not going to change. Probably ever. And I'm, clearly, I'm I'm not her type now. May, I may never have been her type. And you're right. She's, she's, had a, she's had a life, ventures. Now she has a family. And honey, there's a lot of tieflings out there in the endless ocean. <laughs> Jonathan the Muscular starts doing the um ooh, uh, no no yeah I, I get it of <laughs> I, I get it yeah yeah Whew. since we're getting horny on Maine can I ask a question that's been in my head for a while this is not Bernie this okay is, this is Julia. depends on who you're asking and what you're asking okay, but go ahead so John John asked a very beautiful and poignant and thoughtful question about gods and faith. Ever since we were talking about turtle children and the population of the island, so can turtles? So we have an, two examples in our party of a half elf and a half orc. And what I believe that says is that humans will two things: a humans will sleep with anything, <laughs> and b 
Are you asking whether any of these different species on this island will mate with each other? I'm just saying, do you think if a human mated with a turtle, if that is possible in the D&D universe, do you think their children basically look like the Ninja Turtles from the 1990s movies? So, to answer your question is Jack. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you're close. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 80s cartoon, not the movies. That's what you get. Well, you know, to answer your question, like, I will reference the fact that Wonder Woman, the DC character, was recently revealed to be bisexual because she comes from an island of all women. Yeah, that makes Obviously. sense. There's, It'd be it's weird not that if abs- she wasn't at this point. Right. Like, the idea being that, like, did really they think that romance didn't exist on this island? Like, the people who, who met the couple, the married couple that created Wonder Woman, they were really progressive, even not just for their time, but just full stop progressive. So I, I, I would not be surprised if they had that in mind. You know, when they were developing the characters. So along the same lines, when people are stuck in a certain place for a long enough time, things happen. So is there an official answer to this? I don't know. (laughs) Here is what I will say in this this version of the fantasy world that I have created. That has all kinds of horrific monsters and horrible problems and bad things that are happening. There There are some things in this fantasy world that we are living in that shouldn't be difficult and in my fantasy world love is love and whoever you love is awesome and if you want to have children with that person or you know whatever version of a species they are you can and if you don't you don't and that's it and do i get into the particulars of sex nah (laughs) if we ever if but it happens is what you're saying well yes because yes i mean listen i don't need to go into biology this is a magical land filled with dragons and Jonathan. So do I need to go into details? No, but there are children and life happens. And if a turtle and an elf get together and have a child, then in my opinion, whatever, whatever kind of child they have is awesome. And I, I haven't gone into specifics about genealogy or any of that, because why bother? Because we could draw yeah. a pun at square. <laughs> You know, there are some things I don't need to go into details on. If any of you ever wanted as characters to have a a serious relationship that involved sex, that involved children, there would be a lot of fading to black on a lot of things. And the assumption would be that everything worked out exactly the way that you wanted it to, because this is my fantasy world and it it should always work out that way. I was going to say Fable rules where it fades to black and there's some body dialogue and that's about it. Pretty much. Well, I, was, yep. I was saying I once tweeted a while back that a Punnett Square to Chris Perkins showing how two half like either orc or elf parents could have a human child. Or there's also that video on Reddit of the little turtle trying to have sex with the shoe and that's a whole different Punnett Square. <sighs> yeah. For anyone wondering, Travancore's ancestors are just 10 generations up are all half elves. So, so you guys- the blending happened early on. We're all just... A race of half elves, basically. Yeah, and and who knows? I mean, maybe it's a a a turtle and an elf love each other very much, and the offspring are half of the offspring end up being turtles, and half of the offspring end up being elves. Maybe. Oh, so Bojack Horseman rules exactly. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> whatever whatever you think should happen, and whatever the two parents who get together that love each other wants to happen is what happens because magic. Because dragons. Anyway, that was a tangent. Would you like I'm to go? I'm sorry. I no, had to ask because I have a friend 
very close friend of mine who was in my wedding. And Rachel, that one's for you. Because she would definitely <laughs> look at me and she'd go, but Julia, how do you think they have sex? And that is just, I couldn't, I heard her voice, her voice in my head. And when she's listening to this, the answer to how do you think they have sex is if two people love each other and want to have sex, they'll make it work. Yeah. Love uh, finds a way. Yep. And in D- in, in my D&D games, it's always love and it always finds a way and it's always nice because it's my fantasy world. So yeah. anyway... <laughs> Is there anything you would like to do before heading to bed? Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to continue to kind of unpack his feelings in his head. He's not like emotionally roiling, but he is thinking. He's just thinking and and ruminating on the fact that this person that he thought he would never see again is alive and well and happy. Yeah, it's got to be like reverse mourning. Like, yeah, like like it's happy, but it's also it's it's a it's paradigm weird. shift in your yeah. It's it's replacing bittersweet with sweet, but it's your entire the, the last couple of years of your life. And so that that can be that can take a little bit of adjustment, even if it's a good adjustment. One more thing I wanted to run by you guys, see what you guys think. I do want to help people who want to make communication with the the material plane. Should I just say march into the middle of the square and announce that it's happening, or should I just rely on People like Abex and Brynn and Baca to spread the word on their own. Like, I never told them to keep it a secret. I think you should trust the people who live here. Yeah. Like the town leader, because they know best. Because some people might be like, well, this is my life. Who are you to say my life here is not? And I am not saying that at all. I am just giving. Right. No, we know that. Somebody may interpret it the wrong way. I just want to give them a chance to write a letter before we leave. Yeah, and right. the other piece of it is, if we do make announcements, or even go privately, it might behoove us to send those messages out ahead of time in case anything happens to us. Because if you tell them and you die, then they got their hope up for Well, for if, if I die, then all y'all are stuck here anyway. True, but I'm thinking if you tell them and then you can't deliver on that, it it's just easier. I, I don't mind hanging out here a day or two if, you, if it makes it easier for you to let people back in the material name know that these people are still alive. That's true. Okay. We'll let the word sort of ruminate, and if we get our our job done, there's no we're not we're not in any particular hurry to get back. Yeah, I can we can we can hang out. Yeah, we can finally have the tropical vacation that we thought we were going to go on the one time when we thought the giant pie, which was still an excellent adventure. But oh boy, could I use some time on the sand? Oh, oh. a little bit of time off. Oh wow, wait, that's a I, wait. Are you saying I could have an umbrella in my drink? You could have two umbrellas, Carl. <gasps> oh, you can dual-wield umbrellas. So Travancore points over says, Coco Nono, Coco Nono, Coco Nono, Coco Nono. <laughs> Jonathan the Magic Muscular starts nodding at the rear. Coco Snoo would have been like, Coco Snoo. Oh. Coco <laughs> I don't know if dogs can have coconut. In the magical world of my game of D&D, yes. Magical dog-friendly coconut. They can have <laughs> avocados. They can have chocolate. No. I mean, I, I hope so. My dog has eaten coconut before. Like, like little pieces that are cooked and from leftover from our food. Like, it just ends up in there. I, I, I hardly... I'll pick out onions, but coconut, I don't bother. Yeah. yeah, that's probably fine. But once again, magical world of D&D. Sure. All right, so va- <laughs> vacation for a couple of days. I'm good with that. I, that's an awesome plan. Such can a great we plan. we all go on vacation when this is over? I think... I know. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, for now, your characters will get to plan on a little tropical vacation uh, as you head all to bed. And it's a weird hut that you're in. And it's strange noises and smells, but the, the sheets are clean and the beds are comfy. And there's there's kind of a nice sense of anticipation as you all get a long rest. Woo-hoo! And I believe Yay. that levels you up to 16. 16. Yes. Yes. And so, the next time we get spread to- spread my wings. Sweet 16. Y'all <laughs> next time. remember that show, right? Wow, yes, we remember Vaguely. that show. Yeah. Next time we get together- It will be tomorrow morning. If your plan is to spend a couple of days before you decide to go venturing off somewhere, we'll we'll make that plan then. What what you would like to do as far as vacation, what you'd like to do as far as study, what you'd like to do as far as uh, teleportation goes or or sending messages. You can cast sending across planes. Uh, Those of you ascending know this. There is a chance it doesn't arrive, but it's a fairly small chance. So you'll let me know. Uh, but first, let me give you some experience for non-starter. Because why not? Fine. Yeah. Uncomfortable fun questions about gods, sex, and previous childhood friends. I will give you all a total of 10,000 experience to split between the four of you. The next time we get together, you will be level 16. I will want to know what you did when you leveled up. I will want to know what you want to do on your first full day on the Isle of Dread. Yay! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.